You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled The Dynamic Duo, Part 6. Enjoy. You lead, we'll follow, Father. You lead, we're following. We're going all the way with you. We're crossing the finish line strong because your word is in us and your spirit is in us and you've given us richly all things to enjoy. And we thank you for your anointing upon our lives. We're not looking back. We're going forward. Nothing's going to stop us. Ain't no stopping us now. We got the group. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. Nothing's stopping us now. We're going all the way. Your will is done in our lives just as it is in heaven. And we thank you for your will reigning in every area of our lives in the name of Jesus. You're going to have to watch out now in the next few weeks. The gloves are coming off. We're, we're, we're getting aggressive. We're going all the way. We're not going to listen to one thought, to one sentiment from the adversary. We're not allow one discouraging thought, one fear, one anxiety, any airtime in our lives. Are you ready to go all the way? Yeah. Glory to God. Jennifer, thank you for sharing the word last week. Uh, it was living in construction is what she talked about. And she talked about it's so important to know because we're living in enemy territory, right? We're, we're on the battlefield. There's a warfare going on in the heavenly realms around us. Nothing to be afraid of, but we do need to be aware of it, right? Because, and it's through abiding in Christ that we conquer, that we overcome. We dwell in him, his words dwell in us, and he causes us continually to triumph and to be victorious. So we don't, don't get discouraged by the situations or circumstances. We're abiding in him, and he's causing us to go higher, to be stronger, and to overcome. So great word. Uh, please make, make, it, make that a, a meal for you uh, through our website. You can enjoy that from last week uh, at highwaychurch.us. Let's continue with the dynamic duo. Come on along with me. We're talking uh, not about Batman and Robin and not about Superman and Supergirl or, or uh, Green Arrow or Green Lantern or Wolverine or Hawkeye, but we're talking about the Holy Spirit and you, that together, you and the Holy Spirit walking through each day together are more powerful than the Justice League or the X-Men or the Avengers. I mean, Batman had his utility belt, right? And Green Lantern had his ring, and Hawkeye has his arrows. Well, what do you got? You've got faith-filled words. You've got the Word of God in your mouth and in your heart. You've got the Spirit of God living in you, and nothing can stop that. Nothing is greater than that. The word dynamic, we've learned, dynamic, dynamite, can be traced back to the word that Jesus used in Acts chapter 1. Verse 8, when he said, but you shall receive dunamis, dynamite, dynamic power, life-changing power, never going to be the same again. All things are possible. Nothing is impossible power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. After the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be living evidence of who I am everywhere you go. Amen. Amen. 
And we saw in Acts chapter 2 that the dynamic, dynamite, life-changing, never going to be the same again. Nothing is impossible. All things are possible. Power was manifest in the disciples on, in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. The New Testament church was born with power, and that power was manifest where? Remember, in their mouths, right? They began speaking with other tongues. Very important. That's the template for our lives because God, God knows where power is manufactured. God knows how power is produced in your life. The reason that, that power was manifest in their mouths is, is Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So there's there, the, the, the factory where power is produced in our life consists of two parts, our mouth and our heart. Deuteronomy 30, 14 says the word is near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. Okay, that's Romans 10, 8 as well. And that makes sense because we were made in the image of God. This is how God operates with his mouth and his heart. He believes and he speaks regardless of what it looks like. And he made us in his image. And it's fun to look around. We went to the zoo uh, that was at Mother's Day. We went to the zoo, had a picnic. And that was just a week ago. Boy, it seems like a while ago. And uh, we, we looked at the animals. You know, the animals aren't like us. They're different. We saw a, a gibbon. There's gibbon Mariah high fives through the glass. Where's Mariah? And we saw moon bears. But, you know, we're not animals. We're the only beings on this planet that were made in his image. And you might feel like it sometimes, but we don't live in a zoo. Right? We... we we're made in the image of God, and God has given us this ability to reason to a depth that no other being on this planet can do, and then to speak forth with our mouths the conclusion of our reasonings. He's made us discoursing spirits, speaking spirits, because we're, we're his sons and daughters. We're in his image to do things his way. So we've been looking at Jesus, who's our template, who's our example, and we saw that he operated this way, that he spoke faith-filled words, and he taught his disciples to do that. He taught them to speak to their problems, not about them. Very important. Speak to your problems, not about them. Now let's go back to Mark chapter 11. We're not done yet. Okay, Mark chapter 11, and I want to encourage you to, to, be a, to get excited about receiving more of what God has for you every time you open the Word. Now, you can, you can kind of tell where someone might be at in their relationship with the Lord because if someone is receiving from Him regularly, they're very excited to hear the Word. They're very excited to open the Scriptures, even if it's the same Scripture they've been reading for the last three months, because there's something supernatural about the Word of God. It's exhaustless. It's endless. Is exhaustless a word? I don't know. It's endless. And every time you read it, if you'll put your faith, if you activate your faith, you will grow and you'll get something fresh and new out of it, okay? In fact, let's learn a little bit about Jesus before we read in Mark chapter 11. This Jesus, our Lord and Savior, was unique. He was the only human being that ever walked on planet Earth that never needed to retract a statement that he made. He said a lot of things, and he never took any of them back. 
No one else has ever done that. And the only reason he was able to do that is because he made a decision in his life to only say what the Father taught him to say. I'm going to share a few scriptures with you. We're going to you can stay in Mark. We'll put John 7 up on the screen. John 7, verses 15 and 16. This is our template. This is, this is the one who is in this dynamic, life-changing, nothing-is-impossible relationship with the Holy Spirit, just like you and me. Right? And in verse 15 of John 7, the Jews therefore were marveling, saying, How has this man become learned, having never been educated? They couldn't figure him out. He didn't go through their formal programs, he didn't go through their education system. But boy, was he educated. See, the word educate comes from, I think the Latin root word is educare, which means to draw out. And in order for for who you are to be drawn out, you don't need to go through man's programs. What you need is to be in a vital relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's an education that you can't get anywhere else. So Jesus, we saw in Luke chapter 2, as a young boy, was being educated tutored by the Holy Spirit. He would study the scriptures. He would go to church, listen to the messages, and ask questions, and he was receiving the best education you could ever receive at HSU, Holy Spirit University, right? (laughs) So don't let man tell you that you need his stamp of approval to be who God called you to be. In fact, naturally speaking, if you look at the statistics, over half the millionaires in the United States never went to college. Some of them never finished high school, never went beyond eighth grade. Why is that? Because at some point in their life, they began applying the gifts inside of them, and they began developing their potential. So this Jesus they're ridiculing was actually very educated Jesus therefore answered them and said, My teaching is not mine, but it's his who sent me. John chapter 12, verses 44 and following, Jesus cried and said, He that believes on me believes not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that seeth me seeth him that sent me. That's what he said in John 14 to his disciples, If you've seen me. You've seen the Father, right? I am come a light into the world. If Jesus did not come, there are things we would not know or understand right now if he did not come, all right? There are things that we couldn't talk about right now that we're talking about if he did not come. I am come a light. I came to reveal how to live life in this dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit as your personal professor, with your, as the Holy Spirit as your personal counselor, as your personal literacy coach, as your personal advisor, as your guidance counselor. I am come a light into the world that whosoever, this is available to anyone, you, you have available to you private instruction from the Holy Spirit. Wow. Every day. All this requires you to keep your mind on Him. 
Keep trusting him. Get in his word. Abide in that word. And he will privately instruct you. We talked about that at get-togethers on Thursday. How It's amazing how God will use one scripture for a thousand people. And in each person's life, there's a different application or it's relevant in a different way. And it's the answer to a thousand people's different needs. I come a light into the world that whosoever believes on me should not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. Why? I didn't come to judge the world. I came to save the world. Boy, do ministers need to know that. Right? Our job's not to preach condemnation and judgment. Our job's to preach salvation. Right? The Amplified says in John 3, 17, for God did not send his son into the world in order to judge to reject, to condemn, to pass sentence on the world, but that the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through him. Verse 47. We finished that one. But to save the world, verse 48. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Verse 49, for I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. And because I know that his words produce nonstop life, 24-7 life. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. When you realize what God's word will produce in your life, man, you'll want it more than anything else. See, Jesus said, I know. I know the words of my Father produce nonstop life. So, man, I'm all about it. So I'm going to speak what he says so that nonstop life will be produced in my life and the life of those who hear and receive. Hallelujah. So, oh, oh, so we're ready for this private instruction. Are you ready? So now, keeping all this in mind, that Jesus never said anything but what the Father taught him to say, now we're about to have a private lesson with the Father. Let's go to a Mark chapter 11. Verse 22, we've got a private lesson with the Father now. The Father is speaking to us through Jesus, and his words are just as alive today as they were the moment that he spoke them to his disciples 2,000 years ago. Just as alive, just as relevant to you today. Mark 11, verse 22, and Jesus answers and says to them, have faith in God. And the Amplified adds a word after that. Constantly. Great addition. Not really an addition. It's just a, it's a great word to put on there to help us realize what he's saying. Because that's what he's talking about. Faith is not a switch that we flip on every now and then. It's a relationship with him. Have faith in God constantly. Now, how is that possible? Because I grew up kind of in a, 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 a very religious atmosphere, and I was made to believe that the only time I could have faith in God is after I did all these different things. 
And if I missed one of those things, there goes my faith. And I couldn't come before God with confidence until I fulfilled all of these requirements. But Jesus said, have faith in God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That tells me that whether or not I can have faith is not based on my performance. It's based on His. So that means I can come before God without reservation. I can be completely confident in who He is, what He's done for me, and who I am in Him, even if I make a mistake that I can have faith in Him every moment of my life because I've been justified by His performance. So anytime you come before God and you're feeling condemnation and you're feeling like I can't ask God for that or I can't talk to Him about these things, don't listen to those thoughts for a moment. Nothing could be farther from the truth because Jesus has justified you completely once and for all time. So you can be confident 24 hours a day, seven days a week. What is this faith? Hebrews 11.1, he says, have faith in God constantly. I like the way the NIV says it. It says, now faith is being sure. What was that deodorant commercial I grew up saw as a kid? Raise your hand if you're sure. Let's was it called sure deodorant? I think it was called. Faith is being sure, right? You can have confidence to lift your hands when you're using sure deodorant. I don't know if that's true, but I know faith is sure. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So Jesus said, be sure and certain constantly. Never be afraid. Never allow anxiety any airtime in your life. Be sure and certain 24 hours a day, seven days a week, regardless of what situation you might be facing. That's only possible because of who He is, right? Because of what He's done for us. Be sure and certain. What are we sure of? We're sure of three things. We're sure of who He is. The way, the truth, and the life. The answer to every problem that I face. I need look no further. Jesus is it. The answer to every frustration, the, the, the abundant provision for every need of my life. I'm sure of that. We're sure of who he is, the good shepherd, the way, the truth, the life, the healer, the deliverer, the provider. And we're sure of what he's done for us, number two. We're sure and certain of that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, not because of what we've done, because of what he's done. And number three, we're sure of who we are in him. And you will hear me mention those regularly for the rest of my life. As that's part of the calling God has given me is to build people up in who He is, what He's done for them, and who they are in Him. That's our relationship that we talk so much about at Highway Church. All right? So, where, and where do you find those three things? Where do you learn about those three things? In the Word, but specifically, His promises. 
His promises teach us who He is, what He's done for us, and who we are in Him. So we're sure and certain that every one of His promises is yes and amen in our lives every moment of every day of every week, of every month. In fact, 2 Corinthians 1.20 says this, For no matter what day of the week it is, how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ because of Him, right? And so through Him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. What does that mean? We say amen. Every promise is fulfilled in our lives. That with the stripes that wounded Jesus, we have been healed. We say amen to that in our lives. That the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not lack. We say amen to that in our lives. That he leads us to green pastures, places of plenty. We say amen to that. Every time we come across a promise, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 27, we say amen to that. Psalm 91, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. Surely, that's faith, surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler, from the deadly pestilence. The stuff that might kill other folks is not going to kill me, right? The traps that Satan's setting for other people, I'm not going to fall into them because of him. Because of him, I say amen to that. A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not approach me, nor my family, nor my property. No harm or evil shall ever befall you. Psalm 121, I say amen to that. Right? I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, who will not let your foot slip. I say amen to that. Right? The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. He'll watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. I say amen to that. Amen. Amen. Right? Amen. Every promise, no matter how many. There's a lot of them. Since the kids were little, we do a, I've been doing a Bible time with them in the morning, and we've, we memorize a bunch of scriptures. Um, I just... And uh, Psalm 23, Psalm 91, Psalm 34, uh, Psalm 121, Old Testament, New Testament. But the reason I did that with them when they were little, and we still do that, is I just want those promises rolling around in them. Amen. And they'll see as they grow older, those promises just continue to blossom yes. and, and, and grow in them. Yes. Hallelujah. So, whoo, that's so good. So, you know, it's not an imposition to God to have faith. <laughs> You're not putting him out to believe God for a new home. Right. <laughs> You're not putting him out to believe God for new vehicles, you, for a bank account with two commas Thank you, or three commas. You know what three commas is, right? <laughs> okay, good. I hope you're thinking in, in terms of commas nowadays because God wants to do great things in your life. Why shouldn't there be two commas in your balance sheet or three, right? Hallelujah. So we're not imposing upon him when we have faith. In fact, it pleases him. Yes. And the message translation of Mark eleven twenty two, I'll reference it regularly as well. Excuse me, before we get there. 
I shared with you my little footnote in my Holman Bible of Mark eleven twenty two, says have the faith of God, right? It's a possessive in the family thing. And that's because the Greek is better translated that way. That's the way it's worded, have the faith of God. So you need to know that God does not look on you as someone who is foreign to him, as someone who's imposing upon his possessions. When uh, we have a refrigerator in our home, as most do, and our children go into it regularly. And it is not an imposition on us at all. In fact, it's there for that purpose, to feed them. We want them to go in there, as long as they save me some, right? <laughs> we want them to eat. God has given us his promises, so we'll go into the refrigerator and we'll eat his word, right? He wants us to eat. It's not an imposition to grab a hold of the promises of God and speak them over your life. He wants you to experience him. We're now born of him. We're his sons and daughters. Everything that belongs to him belongs to you. Everything, legally speaking now. There's no court that can overturn that. You've been legally forever adopted, and everything that belongs to the Father is yours. So Jesus looked at his disciples in Mark eleven twenty two, and he said, Have the faith of your Father. Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified says, For we are not going to be when we get to heaven. We are right now, in the month of May in 2015, we are God's own handiwork. His workmanship, recreated, born again, right? In Christ Jesus, born anew. Why? That we may do those good things, those good works, which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking past, which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life that he prearranged and made ready for us to live. How good do you think that good life is? Better than you've dreamed or imagined. Better than you've dreamed or imagined. We're born of him now. We're his workmanship, his sons and daughters. Everything that belongs to him is now ours. We have received our inheritance. Listen, when, a, when someone who has left you an inheritance dies, that inheritance comes to you. Guess what? Jesus died. Yes. And the inheritance has come. Yes. And it's time for us to realize that and begin to walk in our inheritance. Amen. All right, now the message translation of verse 22 says, Embrace this God life, right? Love that. Embrace this God life. Really embrace it. Let's read now. You're still in Mark 11, right? Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Verse 23. So this is the Father talking, right? Jesus got this by studying the Scriptures and by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he's teaching it to us now. He said, have the faith of your father constantly. Embrace this new kind of living, this new way of living. Right? Stay in this dynamic relationship with him. Verse 23, for I verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say, and we remember where our sayer is, right? It's our mouth. Whosoever shall use their mouth, not their brain. Right. You can't think your problems away. Right. It doesn't work. You've got to speak them away. 
You've got to rebuke them away. You've got to speak to them, all right? Not think to them or think about them. You've got to speak to them. That whosoever shall say unto this mountain. In other words, whosoever, whosoever shall say unto this thing that others say is impossible. This thing that others say can't be done. This thing that others say is incurable. Whosoever shall say to this impossible thing, this mountain, this seemingly uh, no way can happen thing, be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith. Who's he? Yeah, you, the person who's speaking, not God. See? That's how God set this up, that we would speak on his behalf. Whosoever, uh, that those things which he saith shall come to pass. So we're living on planet earth now. It's not our home. We're aliens, right? We're aliens here. Our home is heaven. But we're living here now as his ambassadors. We're speaking on his, his behalf. God wants you well. So when you rebuke sickness and disease, you're speaking on his behalf because that's his will. It's your inheritance. It's his desire for you. You don't have to hope, and hope that God's behind your words. He is when you're speaking his words. He's behind it. He's for you. He wants his will to be done in your life. He wants your body whole. He gave his son Jesus so that your body could function normally, strongly, healthy all your days. He wants you to prosper. That's his will for you. So we speak it, and Jesus says that whosoever believes what he says will have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray or when you speak, what's going to happen? Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And more than ever, I really believe the Lord wants to call us to, to, to pay attention to our words and to begin using the weapons that he's given us to change things, our mouth and our heart, all right? So we, we last couple get-togethers, we, we gave an assignment a couple get-togethers. We said, uh, think of an area of your life that you need to speak to instead of about, and hopefully you guys have done that, but you can do that right now as well. Is there an area of your life that you've spoken a lot about, but you haven't really spoke to? And we want to encourage you today to change that. Don't speak about it anymore. You don't need to tell people your problems. And it's good to have good relationships with people you can trust, who are strong in Christ, that can encourage you in the Word, and that's okay. But more, more importantly, you need to speak to the things that are challenging you. And when you're speaking to them, you're not speaking hoping that it's going to happen. You're speaking with the authority of God, knowing that it will take place. Knowing that as you speak, it's changing. Very important. And I, so many believers over the years, they'll, they'll say, well, I, I hope so. I, I, I spoke and I hope it happens. That, that's, you, you may as well you know, thumb wrestle and sing twinkle, twinkle, little star because it, it doesn't mean anything. That kind of hope, there's no faith in that. That's kind of like hoping you win the lottery, okay? 
there's two different kinds of hope biblically. There's a hope that's just really, uh, there's no power to it. Then there's, it says Abraham in hope believed against hope, right? Hope against two, the other kind of hope is this unshakable confidence, is faith, all right? So when you speak to the problems in your life, you're not hoping they're going to change, there's no hope like that. The hope we have is, a, is an unshakable confidence. We know it will change. Amen. Right? It has to change. Because it's not we're, not, we're speaking with His authority. It has to. It has to change. It has to go. It has to bow down. We're speaking on behalf of our Father. Has to. Has no option. Hallelujah. Can you imagine what it would be like if a, a, a chief of police was standing in a, uh, in a store and, and about 20 feet in front of him, someone was, was robbing that store and the chief of police just stood there watching the whole thing happen and that person laughed and then someone said, why didn't you do anything, chief? And he'd say, like what? He said, why don't you arrest him? He said, can I do that? Yeah, see that badge you're wearing? That gives you the authority to stop that thief. Right? The name of Jesus is on you. Amen. The name of Jesus gives you authority to stop sickness in your life. The name of Jesus gives you authority to stop depression in your life. It's a badge that you wear that the enemy recognizes. And when you speak in the name of Jesus Christ, every devil has to bow. Amen. Every sickness has to go. Every, every depressing, discouraging, anti-God thing in your life has to go. It has no choice. It's His authority. It's His authority. Embrace this God life. He came a light. He came as a light to show us this, to show us there's a different way to live. It's a life of authority. It's a life of overcoming. It's a life of victory. It's a life where you're the head and never the tail, where you're above and never underneath. Hallelujah. Verse 22 in the message, Jesus was matter of fact, embrace this God life. Really embrace it. Don't, don't play games. Grab a hold of this thing. Make it your all in all, and nothing will be too much for you. No thing, nothing will be impossible to you. Nothing, the things that used to overwhelm you won't overwhelm you anymore. The things that used to discourage you won't discourage you anymore. The things that used to make you sick won't make you sick anymore. Glory to God. The things that used to make you afraid won't make you afraid anymore. The things that used to depress you won't depress you anymore. Nothing will be too much for you. This mountain, for instance, just say. We paused on this two weeks ago, right? Just say. Don't add an all-night prayer meeting to that. He didn't say just say and call an all-night prayer meeting. Don't add a proclaimed fast to that. He didn't say just say and fast for seven days. Many things that have been done over the years in churches in an effort to see a situation change weren't born of faith. They were born of ignorance and unbelief. Jesus said, the light of the world, to just say and believe. 
and it will change. Which makes perfect sense. Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. If speaking with your mouth and believing with your heart gives you eternal salvation, what is it that speaking with your mouth and believing with your heart cannot do? What is it that it can't accomplish? You see, if I'm not fir- firmly grounded in this, I'll start adding things to that. Like, you know, I've got to pray all night. I've got to, we've got to have a, a proclaimed something. We've got to issue a new doctrine. We've got to do something to get results. But the Lord of lords and King of kings said, just say with your mouth and believe with your heart. Go jump in the lake. No shuffling or shilly-shallying, and it's as good as done. Boy, and you know, when you first start doing this, the enemy will make fun of you. Like, are you kidding me? Look at you. Acting like an idiot, standing there in your kitchen talking to your problems. You think that, I mean, you, you better do something else. You better do something more than that. I mean, there's other people that, that you know, they, they boy, they've sacrificed so much and done so much and they've crawled upstairs on broken glass and, you know, they lay before God every day and pray for hours and here you are standing speaking to your problems. What a joke. Who do we go by? Jesus, right? Jesus said, just say, just speak with your mouth, believe with your heart. That's his method. And we're going to stick with that. We're not going to add anything to that. Right? And if we don't see results right away, we're going to keep speaking. We're going to keep speaking, keep believing, because it has to change. It has to change. All right? It has to change. It has to change. That's why I urge you, verse 24, to pray for, to speak to absolutely everything, ranging from small to large. Include everything as you embrace this God life, and you'll get God's everything. So if I want to experience all that God has for me, what do I need to do? Speak to every area of my life. Right? So how much of God I experience is directly related to the words that I speak and believe. If I want to experience more of Him, I speak more of His Word over that area of my life. So, boy, I'm doing this regularly. I mean, whether I'm out, I'm out jogging, I'm speaking the word. What I'm, I'm just speaking. I'm speaking. I'm speaking. Taking a walk. Going to, uh, you know, run some errands at Lowe's or whatever. I'm going down the aisles. I'm speaking over my family. I'm speaking over my future. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. Right? This is what, this is what Jesus encourages us to do. Okay, last scripture, John 16, verse 33. So Jesus has shared with us the words of the Father. He came as a light to illuminate our understanding, to teach us how to experience this dynamic, dynamite, life-changing, never going to be the same again. Nothing is impossible. All things are possible. Power of God in our lives. And this is what he says in the Amplified. It's up on the screen, verse 33 in John 16. I have told you these things. So that in me you may have perfect peace 
and confidence. That word peace in the Greek is irene. It the, became the Greek equivalence of shalom. In the Old Testament, it means wholeness, well-being, and prosperity. I've given you the words of the Father. I've told you these things so that in me, you personally may have perfect wholeness, well-being, prosperity, and confidence. In the world, this is what Jennifer talked about last week, in the world you have tribulation, trials, distress, and frustration, but be of good cheer. Take courage. Look at this. Be confident. Be certain. There's faith, isn't it? There's no wondering if it's going to happen there. Be confident. Be certain. Now, faith is being sure and certain. Be undaunted. That can only come from meditating on His promises. That's the only way that kind of faith comes. For I have overcome the world. You ready for something crazy? I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Woo! Yeah, that's something to clap about there. That's something to build the rest of your life on right there. Right? So he's deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. How bold are you when you're in a situation and you know that no harm can come to you? You're very bold, right? Well, you're in it. You're in him. Our lives are hidden with Christ in him, Colossians tells us. So we're bold people. And this is a bold year for us. And we're going forward. We're taking dominion over this area. We're taking, we're taking the captives and sending them free. Look out, New England. Look out, Bristol County. Look out, Cape Cod. Look out, New Bedford and Taunton and Middleborough and Fall River and Bridgewater and Brockton and Abington. Look out, Boston. Oh, I uh, can't wait to tell you what the Lord's been putting on my heart. In a couple weeks, we'll get there. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your light that teaches us a different way of living where you are our daily professor teaching us how to overcome, how to speak to every area of our lives and see your promises manifest before us. And Lord, I thank you for this time we've had together in your word. I thank you for strengthening and encouraging us. And Lord, I pray for everyone here. Lord, that every heart would be encouraged today to walk with you with joy and strength and confidence, to remember that you have gone before us and you've deprived the world of power to harm us and conquer it for us, Jesus, and that we are your very own children, Father, and that everything you have belongs to us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. We invite you to take God at His word, embrace who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Put your trust in Him today and taste and see how good He is.